You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Okay, we start with, with Halakha Vav today. Rebel Ezra Oymer, how, what is the, lim, the smallest amount of, you can have of a field to be chayv and pay it? Let's take a look. Karka, base rova, a quarter of a kav. Meaning what you could put a quarter of a kav of seed in, the way a normal farmer would plant, a quarter of a kav of seed, right? That's the space we're talking about. Rabbi Shuomer, no, ba'osa base asayim. A field that produces two sa, a base asayim of of, of, of produce. The Mepharshim say that it goes down, it goes from higher to lower. Smaller than that. Reb Tarfin Omer, even smaller. Shishal Shisha Tvachim, six by six Tvachim. Okay. Reb Yudabem Beseira Omer, even smaller. Kedei Liktsar, to do one Ketzira, Ulishanos, two Ketziras, enough to do Ketziras, and again, not necessarily with a big scythe, with a little scythe, just go up and twice. And then the Yashalmi says, Halacha Kedvarov, Halacha's like him, even a field so small. Okay, where did these opinions come from? So each one has sort of an Asmachta. My time at the Rebeloza that says it's base Rova. Well, it says Nemar Khan Sodcha. Sodcha, right? That 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 Tsircha, right? Well Sakal is past Sodcha. But Nemar Biklayim, right? Sodcha is Sizra Klayim. The same word, Sodcha. Ma Sodcha Shinemar Lahalong. When it comes to two Sodos, rabbinically we say how the, how apart should the two fields be that there shouldn't be a question of Klayim? Base Rova. The amount of, of space that you would plant a quarter of a cob of seed. So, the soda of pay is also base rova. That's not exactly the same. It's sort of like a, a remez. My time with the Rabbi Yeshua, he's the one who says that it's a, uh, uh, Rabbi Yeshua says it's the amount that makes two saw, the amount of ground that can produce Tusa, he says, okay, also, let's take Nemer Khan Sodcha. Okay. Benemer Lahalon Vishokhta Omer Basode. That's called Shikha. Okay. An Omer is a, is a tenth of an apa. Hmm. Let's say what you forgot because it, it, you, 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 you gathered it and you put it down, and then when you heaved it over to the truck, when you shunted it over to the truck, you forgot. That's called shikha. Remember? There's a leket, shikha, and peya. Right? Leket is the stuff that falls out and, 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 and goes off to the side when you are being kotzer. That's leket. Shikha is what you actually harvested and you put it down and then when you went to the next stage which is to move it to the processing place you left it there. Lack it, you have to leave for the yoni. Shikha, you have to leave for the yoni. What, what's one of the halachas of shikha? 
It's an Omer Basada, which means what? What we say is it's got to be an Omer in the Sada. But let's say the guy forgot two saws worth of, of the, the, a base of science worth of, 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 of material. If he leaves over a base of science worth of material, and that's what they forgot to put on the truck, that's not called shikha. That's like you forgot a soda itself. It's like almost a joke, but that's what it means. In other words, you forgot a certain amount in the soda. You forgot a sheaf in the soda. But if what you forgot is a veritable soda itself, that's not called shikha. That's called a soda. You forgot the soda. That's not called shikha. So just like soda, when it comes to shikha, is to saw, afkan sasayim. Here too, it means the amount of, of, of land that can make two saw worth of grain product. Okay. My time with the Ramtar phone. Shishal shisha. Where does he get six by six? He says, well, it's, that's what an aruga is. A normal little bed of, uh, of grain or whatever it is, those beds, the normal size in Reptarphone's time and the general farming experience was six by six. Six by six tvachim. That's a normal field, okay? Then we had the last opinion, Reuda ben Becerra, Aymerkadei Lik Tzervilashanos. Why? So Chaim Kanievsky uh, is <laughs> explained why, because he says it says Ketzircha twice by Peya. It says Ketzircha, Ketzircha, so it says the word Ketzir twice. So one Ketzir is one amount, like a, whatever it is, a, a couple of Tvachim, and then you have the second one, which is a, what it takes to do a, a, a Ketzirah twice. Maktira derecha keitzrim, is that like like a couple of tefachim, or maybe it's even koshu, maybe it's even bigger. No, madichsev it says what the pasuk in Tilim says that when there's going to be a klal on klal Yisrael, Asher will mile kapal kotzer, that he's not going that when the kotzer is not going to be able to fill his hand, his palm with what he harvests. Aha. So there you see it's a katsira which is basically the size of his palm. So the size of his palm twice, which is about a tefach, that's what we're talking about. That's according to um, Rabbi Yudah ben Becerra. However, if we go to the next Mishnah, let's take a look. Rabbi Kiva, though, says, Karaka koshu. Even though we said Alocha Kedvarov, Rabbi Kiva says it could be even smaller than that, even smaller than a couple of Tvachim, Chayevis Bepeya. And not only that, a Karka Koshu is going to be Chayev and Bikurim. You've got a small little piece of land, that's enough. Whatever grows on that, you're Chayev to bring Bikurim because you have land. And when you say that you gave me land, even though it's a small, tiny, little nothing, that's called land. And there's a special halacha, of course, of prusbo. What's the halacha of prusbo? Halacha of prusbo is that uh, during the Shemitah year, uh, loans that you make, according to the Torah, are mishumat. 
you cannot collect on them. So Hillel and his best were misakin that you are allowed to collect. However, there's a shtick involved. What's the shtick? Or as my Sephardim friends say, oh, kombina, what is it? The way it works is, is that you give your star the best and you say, look, I'm not going to, Ruben, let's say we talk about Kolev and Yeshua, right? <laughs> like we said, this is the Ben Yefunish here, so I'm, I'm going to use Kolev a lot. Uh, Remis to my grandson, Kolev, who's, he looks real fat on FaceTime. Uh, so, Baruch Hashem, he is growing. So, Kolev uh, is, um, uh, had lent money to Yoshua. Okay. And now it's the Shemitah year, and it's going to turn out that he won't be able to collect. So, when Kolev goes to the Bezdin, and they write him a star and say, say, look, you, you are giving us your debt. And and you are going to collect the debt on our behalf. That's the way the Prusbo works. And we're going to let you keep all the money because you were our shliach. We're going to pay you. The way we're going to pay you is to let you keep the money that you collect. That's the shtick of Prusbo. Now, Prusbo, there's a, they made a special deal about a caveat, a special particular law, is that, and the way Rashi explains this, that you have to, it has to be a normal type of debt. What's a normal debt? The normal debt would be that Kolev would never have lent Yeshua money unless Yeshua has some sort of collateral that's not going to evaporate. What's a collateral that's not going to evaporate? A collateral that's not going to evaporate is land. So since Yeshua has some land, we're going to allow the Prusbo to work. But if Kolev lends money to Yoshua, who has no land whatsoever. That's, Rashi says that's such an unusual case that Prisbo doesn't apply there. Another way to look at it is, is that in order for Prisbo to work, it's almost like there is something here that's Meshubit to the loan. So in other words, remember, whenever, when, when Kolev gives money to Yoshua, everything Yoshua owns is Meshubit to pay. So this piece of land, which is unmovable, which is which is a solid thing that doesn't get destroyed, it's almost like it's already in Kolev's Rishus. Enough for us to say that Kolev already, in a sense, doesn't have a debt that needs to be collected. Part of it is already paid. There's a piece of land here. And that allows us, just like a sort of like an Erev Tavshilin that we talked about in a previous class, for him to collect everything on. There's something already here that he can collect from. We now let him collect the complete debt. But there's got to be some land. A kosher who is enough. Also, the liknosimo nechosim she'en lemachrayis. Bekesef u'bishtaru b'chazocha. What does this mean? There's a problem sometimes to be able to uh, transfer properties. Chazal say that when it comes to metaltalin, money does not do it. Okay? It's a machlekes, Rabbi Yechen, Reshlokish, why? Whether it's menatei or medrabonon. But Chazal tell us clearly. Okay? I got a lot of farm behind me. Okay? You want to buy this? A beautiful safer. Okay? You want to buy it? Come to my house. You give me money. You still don't own it. What do you have to do? You have to do Mashiach. Okay. Now, that's one safer. 
how about if I have, I want to sell my whole library to you. I've got a bunch of farm over here. Maybe you'd like to buy them. I'm not that desperate yet. Still going to keep them. <laughs> but let's say you'd like to buy all my farm. Well, you'd have to do Mashiach on all of them. Hey, you're going to come over to my house and give me cash. Still not going to own them. You have to do Mashiach. So how, am I, how are you going to become the owner? So, without doing Mashiach on them. So there's something called Kenyan Agav. Let's say I would sell you a piece of land. All right. I got a piece of land for you somewhere. Where's the land? I don't know, in Rawway somewhere. Okay. You come to my house, you give me money, you own that piece of land. That's called Kesef. Karka's nickname Kesef. Very easy way. Now I can say in the star or whatever, even orally, since you paid for the land with money, I'm also going to throw in all my farm as well. So you're going to buy, let's say, the piece of land I have in Rawway uh, is worth about 15 bucks. Whatever it is, going to give me a down payment. And with that, that's going to give you a Kenyan and all the stuff that I agreed to sell you. Now, my Sfarim have a din of nechosim she'en lemachrayis, because they're movable. The piece of land in Rawway has a din of nechosim, it's called nechosim, that do have achrayis. So now let's read the words of the mission again. The liknos ima, you can be kona because of that small piece of land. It could even be kol shahu. You can buy with that nechosim she'en lemachrayis. Even stuff like metaltalin, usually you have to do mashicha, you can become the owner of them by either giving me kesef or I write you a star for that piece of land in Rawway, or you take a trip down to Rawway and you walk around the borders of it, you do a chazaka there, you fix something, you fix up a fence over there, you make a chazaka in the land. That's enough to own the 10,000 svarim that I'm going to sell you, even though it's a small piece of land. Okay? Another way having a piece of land, the small piece of land is essential. Didn't I tell you the other day that it's not going to be like it was up until now? Some of you guys, some of you people have been learning pay with me are thinking, boy, I can't figure this stuff out. It's a little bit coming, not coming out. I told you it was going to change soon. Okay? Now, now we're, we're opening this baby up. What else? Hakosev Nechosev. Okay? Who's writing all his possessions? And here it might even, right? A guy wants to give away everything. So what is he giving away? He's giving away land. Can we land in Raleigh, Elizabeth, Livingston, everywhere? Who's giving it away? Shchiv Meirah. Nebuch. Somebody who is going to lie down away from evil, meaning someone who's about to leave this bad, evil, terrible world and go into the better world. He's a shchiv meirah. He's, he, he's very ill, and it looks like he's going to die. And he's, 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 he's giving away his stuff. He's selling it, or, or not selling, he's actually writing it and giving it to various people. So, shayer kol shahu. Let's say he gives away everything except one tiny piece of land in Rawway. Everything else he gave away. 
But instead of dying, all of a sudden, I don't know, dextrohydrochlorazide, whatever happens, he gets the injection, he's back. So now the question is, he was a Shkivmeira. Maybe we assume he was only giving that away because he didn't expect to live. And he figured, hey, at least I'll give it away and someone else will get something from it. But now that I'm alive, now that I'm alive, I want everything back. Obviously, I only gave it away to you because I was dying. So we say, hey, if you really, if that, if that was true, why'd you leave yourself that little piece of land in Rawway? Why'd you leave that little piece of land, that Koshuhu land? Aha, it must be, therefore, that what? That you meant to give it. If you were just giving it because you were thought you were, again, it's counterintuitive, but think about it. If you were giving everything away because you expect to die and you really thought you were going to die and you're only giving an almanas that you were going to die, you were giving away everything. A dead man is never going to, doesn't take anything with him to the next world. But the fact that you left this other stuff, let's say he had no other Yarshim, whatever, and he, and he left for himself this piece of land that for some reason he didn't give away. It must be that he really meant to give away everything. Despite the fact that he was in danger of dying, it wasn't really a desperate, almost dead man's gift. Now, what, what is the determination? The fact that you kept the land for yourself. And on that, Rabbi Kiva is teaching us it could be the smallest piece of land. That's enough to mean that you did not give away everything. And that means the stuff you did give away counts. And they can keep it. They do not have to give it back to you. Matanoso kayemes. All the gifts that he gave are kayem. Lo shayer koshuhu. But let's say the guy in desperation gives everything away. And there's nothing left. And then he gets the dextohydrochlorazide. He gets the thing and he cuts better. Ain matanoso kayemes. He can take everything back. Okay. Another halacha of land. Hakosev nechosev lebonov. Okay, so here's somebody who also wants to make sure everything is right. Um, and he doesn't want it to wait for when he dies. So he speaks with his lawyer. He gets the thing worked out. He's maybe, maybe he's ill, maybe he's not. But what's happening? He, ha- he gives all the land, even while they're alive, he gives it to his children before his death. Okay. And then what does he do as well? And he also writes a specific piece of property going giving to his wife. What's the even though it's a small piece of property? Why should his wife get any property? Because when they got married there was a ksuva. The ksuva was worth, let's say she was a ksuva, was two hundred zoos. Maybe he added to the ksuva money. Maybe it's even more. That's a lot of money, 200 zoos. If he does nothing and dies, she can collect from the lands that were left over. And the and, and the, the Yarshim, the ones who have the estate, would have to give her land that's commensurate with the amount in her ksuva. But let's say he parcels out land before his death. And he goes over to his wife 
and she agrees to take a small piece of land. So what do we say? She loses her ksuva because it's almost like she's agreeing to, remember, she holds a star against her husband. By taking that small piece of land, it could be worth a lot less than 200 zoos. She hereby is valuing it in her mind as 200 zoos, and therefore she can't collect. Rabbi Yossi goes even further. He says, Im Even if he never wrote this piece of land for her, but there was an agreement and there was witnesses that heard her say yes. Even though he never wrote that, and what's the din? Of the ksuvasa. She loses the ksuva. Okay? So those are all the interesting ways that a little piece of land makes a huge difference. Starting with Paya. But we opened it up, baby. We opened it up to include a whole area, all these areas of Jewish law. But just do a little of the Gemara. I'm going to stop in a couple of minutes. Rabbi, he may be shame of Shiva Menelokish. Boy, hmm. Think about this. It's so small, you're chayav and peya. How does it work? Can you tell me how this small, tiny thing works that you're chayav and peya? Let's say it was so small, only one stalk grew out of it. It was so tiny. So we know peya is about rashes ketzirah. You got to do a ketzirah. So before you start the ketzirah, and kan chayav peya. There's no chiyapeh until you do ketzira. But now, mishakotzar, now that you cut it, the first one isn't peyah. The first one is just the indicator. The first cut is the indicator that the harvesting has begun. Where's your peyah now? What's left? I, if you say, like the other manda uh, amram, the other tanoyim, you could have one stalk and there's still some other stalks. But according to the Rebbe it's tiny. There might only be one stalk growing on it. So how could you have a chiyapeh? Ain't kan shiur. That was Rosh Lakish's question. Rab Chanina b'shem Rab Pinchas Tiptar. Here's how you could have it. You're right. It's tiny. Kishahayusham kelach echad. There's one thing sticking in the ground, but you have five branches of independent material growing from it. Ubo chameshibolin. So therefore. Even though you, uh, you 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 harvest one of the shibolets, there's still four left, and that's where your din pay is going to be from. Um, so, Rebbe Monaboy, Rebbe wanted to know, why is it a din in Karka Koshu? It should be the Lisnon, what the Mishnah should say, Omar Whatever comma you have, it's not about the karka. It's about the stock. It's about what's growing. Doesn't it? It's not about the size of the land, according to Rabbi Akiva. Ella, begin the ton Since we want this Mishnah to sort of break the box of, of peya and to go into other areas and talk about Bikurim, and Bikurim, it's about land, Tani Karka. Hmm. So, the, in a brisa, though, we add another thing about having a little bit of land, which is what? Tony harayon. When it comes to 
the mitzvah of being oyla regel. When it comes to the mitzvah of being oyla regel, you have to have land. That should also be one of the things that even the smallest piece of land puts you in the chiyuv of being oyla regel. And if you don't even have that, there's no chiyuv to be oyla regel. You have to have land to have the chiyuv of being oyla regel. We'll see where you know that from in a minute. If someone has no land, he doesn't have to do the mitzvah of being oila to Yerushalayim. Rav Monaboy, the Loma, he says, there should be another one. Mishain Lokarka, which is what? It should also be, it should be also not only potter from Oilas Ria, there's another thing Karka should be potter from, which is what? If you have no land, me potter menavidui. The whole idea of Vidui's maestras should also be potter, which you do on the, either on the last day of Pesach or on the first day of Pesach, on, on the fourth year of the Shemitah year, you make a Vidui that you did all your maestras right. The Chsiv, so even though you, you were given and you bought stuff and you bought uh, produce, but unless you actually had land that the produce might have come from, you don't do the mitzvah of Vidi Maestras. So that should also be in our Mishnah as one of the things that's about having land. Um, he actually says, Misha ain lo karka, potter menavidui. Dechsiv, menadoma, asher nasata lonu. You have to have land. If you don't have land, the smallest bit of land, you'll still be chayev on vidui. Let's just do, I just want to do one little thing here. I think you're going to like it, and then we'll end with that. Rabbi Yisi, Misha, Mishub, and Levi, Misha, lo karka, potter menaraya. That if you don't have land, you don't have to be oyo rego. Because when the Torah tells you to go up to Yerushalayim, the Torah tells you to go up to Yerushalayim to be regal three times. It says, don't worry. The Torah says, do not worry. Because no one is going to desire your land. Don't worry about people having their uh, wanting to get your land. Um True, not too many, but you still have to you still have to leave it for them. But anyway, let's just see this the the, the, the end of this thing. Um, there was a guy who was in a hurry. He wanted to be able to go, so he did not lock up his stuff. He had harvested his grains, and they were sitting there in the creek, and they were open. The silo was open. He comes back from Yerushalayim. And he saw lions were around the silo because he did the mitzvah. God says, don't worry, I'm not going to let anybody take your stuff. <laughs> Somebody left and he left the chicken coop open. He has all his chickens and hens and that's what he makes his parnasa from. And he went up to Yerushalayim to enjoy, to be able to regal. Uh-oh, we didn't close the gate, Elmer. Ubo Umotze comes back, and what does he find? 
חתולים מקורעים לפניו. What happened? Um, he found that um, he found that there were cats that were trying to kill the chickens, but the chickens killed them instead. <laughs> the chickens had killed them. The chickens became violent and actually ripped those cats apart. Chad Barnash, Shofik, Beisei Basiach, one guy left his house open and he went up to be a regal. He found a snake that was sitting there on the lock of the house saying, nobody can come in here. Rapinchas used to talk about a story that occurred. Train Achen Havin Ashkelon. There were two brothers in Ashkelon. Habi Vachon Megurin Nuchroyan. They had some Goyish neighbors in Ashkelon. Amrin, they said to themselves, hey, you know what? Uh, you know, the two Goyish neighbors, you know, Bagdan said to, um, you know, to, to Chelmeniki, Bagdan said to Chelmeniki, yeah, Kadin Eilin Yudayin Sauk in Yerushalayim. When those Jews go to Yerushalayim, Anon Nasvin, Komad Islahon, will break in Bagdan, Yechomaniki, and we're going to take everything they got. So, Mindesolkin, so the Jewish boys, uh, Reuben and Shimon, Amashkalon, go up to Yerushalayim to do the mitzvah of being like Larego. Zimin Lehem HaKadosh Baruch Hu Malachim, Nechnasin V'yotzin. God sent Malachim that looked just like Reuben and Shimon. They looked just like Reuben and Shimon. So Bogdan and Chalmaniki said, oh, I thought they were going. Oh, they're still here. Oh, we don't want to take anything from them. Middenachtun, when uh, Reuben and Shimon were coming back, what did they do? Uh, they didn't know that Bogdan and Chalmaniki were, were, were bad neighbors. They thought they were living in peace with the Arabs. They thought, yeah, Ashkelon, we're living in peace with our non-Jewish neighbors. So they said, hey, hey, we're coming back. Can you check the mail? They sent them a notice. They're coming. What? Who were the people that were here? Umru. Where, where were you? We thought you were here. <laughs> So Reuben and Shimon tell Bogdan and Chalmaniki, Omrulan be Rishalayim. Omrulan, they said, you guys are Shalayim? Uman Shabkatun Begav Besa. Who did you leave here? We saw people that looked just like you that were in the house. Omru. The low Benosh. Uh-huh. They weren't people then. Omru, so Bogdan and said, what powerful, how incredible the God of the Jews is. And it's a good message here to end on Corona nights. The low Shavkun, that he didn't leave us. He didn't leave them, but low Shav, and he won't leave us in the future either. The God of the Jews is not going to leave us and not going to let us be uh, assaulted. The low Shavakun, and he's not going to let us get assaulted in the future as well. And if they believe that, and they saw that, Allah has come of a comma, we've got to believe it. 
Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.